Welcome to the Wild and Free podcast, episode 37. I'm Ainsley Arment, and this week you'll hear from the always refreshing veteran homeschooling mama, Terry Woods. We're talking about our summer plans, whether to keep homeschooling until fall or take the season off. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. from Terry Woods in just a little bit. She offers an honest take on her view of summer. I mean, it's just not good for anybody to have three months of purposelessness. I mean, it's just not, that's not healthy. So yes, everybody needs a little time off to regroup and, you know, have a little vacation, but no kid needs three months of going to the pool every day. (laughs) Right, right, right. But first, I can't begin to tell you how much I love this month's content bundle called Make. It's packed full of amazing resources that will help create an irresistible learning environment in your home. Our friend Sarah Ernst shares how she created little maker spaces all over her house so her daughter could discover new passions and hidden talents through art, photography, and gardening. And it's because of certain things that we have put focus on that I have seen very deep interests begin to be rooted in her. And that's where the makerspace itself even came from. Sarah Fremont shares about a woman who became a pen pal to C.S. Lewis when she was just a 12-year-old girl and how that inspired her own children to write letters to their favorite authors and illustrators. And I thought, how could we do that today? Who's inspiring my children that we could write to? I don't want my children to miss out on an opportunity with someone who's influencing them and inspiring them. Naomi Ovando shares about raising children who are makers, like her 11-year-old son Lucas, who came up with his very own chocolate recipe and started a business to benefit the homeless. About a year ago, he said he wanted to try making chocolates. And then so again, he starts playing with different textures and flavors. And once he was happy with it, he started to take samples to family and friends and neighbors. When he got some positive feedback, he decided he wanted to start selling them. Rachel Alsbury writes about her first year in homeschooling and how STEM projects have helped to integrate the disciplines and make learning so much more natural and fun. And I think that's something I've learned about homeschool this year. It's my first you know, year really going full on. And so I think I've learned, wow, this is actually so much simpler than I was making it in my mind. And I don't have to have it all separated out. Like lots of things are happening all together in the mind. And it's a little bit more of a natural process than I imagined it being. <laughs> This is just a small taste of the goodness you'll find in this month's Make Bundle. It's packed full of articles, podcasts, tutorials, videos, and other helpful resources. And if you subscribe this week, we'll throw in a free welcome kit with a print magazine and wild and free car decal shipped to your mailbox. To learn more, go to bewildandfree.org bundles. You guys, I'll be honest, it took several years of homeschooling my own children to figure out what summer would look like for them. 
I craved the summers of my childhood and desired to recreate them for my kids, from family time and sleepovers with friends to making the most of every moment. But I eventually came to realize that summertime didn't have the same effect on my kids. Why didn't they love summer as much as I did? Then it hit me. Aside from the sweltering heat and the later nights, their summers didn't differ much from the other seasons. And that was a good thing. It meant this lifestyle was working, that somehow we had created the kind of life we didn't long to escape. It meant that we were learning all the time. For the next few years, I didn't make a grand exit from our formal learning year. There were no parties or celebrations. We simply transitioned into summer, welcoming the new season's gifts and keeping what naturally remained from the last. For example, if my boys hadn't finished their math for the year, they simply continued it through summer. We did read-alouds on rainy days and wrote in our morning journals before rushing off to the beach with friends. My kids read, wrote, created, and continued learning in the midst of real-life hard work and fun summer adventures. This year, I decided to do something different. I asked my boys if they wanted to do extra math assignments until June and then take a break until September. After a long week, I thought they would be ecstatic, but they simply shrugged and said they would think about it. Turns out, doing math over the summer isn't all that bad, especially when given the freedom to pursue other interests along the way. You guys, we don't need to teach a love of learning to our children. We need only to not crush the spirit as they grow up. I've had to do my fair share of restoring wonder, relationship, and vision these past seven years. Homeschooling is hard, and I'm learning to be a better guide all the time. But summer seems like the perfect time to remind ourselves that children are natural learners. So friends, here's to summer, whatever that looks like for your family. Jennifer Pepito sat down with Terry Woods to talk about her summer plans and why she never takes the season off completely. This was recorded about a year ago, but all of the conversation is still relevant. We're excited to share it with you now. Let's listen in. So tell me a little bit about what summer looks like on your farm. Well, we school year-round, so in theory, we're schooling right now. And I say in theory because I was out of town all this past week, and uh, the week before that, we had a lot of things going on, and so it's kind of hit or miss. There's no schedule, really, which is, I know, pretty bad, but, um, you know, it just is what it is right now, and yeah, I told we just kind of fit it in when we can. Yes, I, I, you know, I'm schooling in the summer, and I've been posting some of the cool stuff we've been doing, which it's only maybe a couple times a week, and some right. days we do math, and some days we just read and do some narration. But I told someone, you know, if I school year round like this, at least I know we get a basic amount of schooling done because the school year for us, <laughs> you know, we don't always get full days during the theoretical school days. So I make up for it in the summer. Well, and my big thing is just after years of homeschooling, I would give them an entire summer off and then we would start math again. They'd forgotten almost everything we had done the year before. And so I found myself re-schooling for the first, you know, four or five months. So I just thought, forget that. So I try to keep some level of math going just because I don't want to have to reteach. If they just do it a couple of times a week, it still sticks with them. The whole summer off concept came because in the summer, kids needed to help in the fields, right? Right. So kids still kept up that work ethic. And by the time school rolled around, it was a break for them. But, sure. you know, for our we were kids, as to we're go back to school. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. For our kids, if we're homeschooling, if we let them just play video games and watch TV all summer, then we're the ones who have to get them back in gear to learn in the fall. And it's a lot harder on us. So I feel like if I keep at least morning time going where the kids have to get through their routines and we have the time that we have to listen, then our basic structures, our basic good habits are still there when school starts because sure. it doesn't Absolutely. help me any to take all summer off and then have to retrain everybody in the fall. I mean, it's just not good for anybody to have three months of purposelessness. I mean, it's just not, that's not healthy. So yes, everybody needs a little time off to regroup and, you know, have a little vacation, but no kid needs three months of going to the pool every day. <laughs> right, so right, right. And, just, and, you know, we can go to the pool and still have morning time. So if that's exactly, if that's yeah, you, but just not yeah. that, just that it just kind of ruins them. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you're just punishing yourself, you know. Right, you're so. punishing. Yeah, because it's not like we're sending them back to school in the fall for a teacher exactly. to try and get them to sit again. You know, so, so exactly. we're just thinking of ourselves. Although, obviously, you know, I do take a few days off in the summer to do some homeschool planning. So, tell me, are you guys doing morning time? Then is this kind of like regular school? Do you switch subjects at all in the summertime? Is there a focus that you change, or do you have a favorite summer really. read aloud you're doing? Yeah, not really. We try to keep up because our morning time is always changing as we're finishing books and finishing poetry and um, starting a new Shakespeare. And I don't have set times of when we finish those things. So like when we were reading Pilgrim's Progress, I would read about a page and a half, two pages, three pages, depending on how engaged I could tell. You know, once you start seeing their eyes start rolling, you know, okay, I think I'm going to stop now. So I didn't know exactly when I was going to finish any of that. So then you just start the next thing. Well, I'm not going to stop us in the middle of, we are in the second part of reading Evangeline, the poem. We all want to know, does she find Gabriel? You know, just, <laughs> so I don't think anybody wants to just stop. So we don't do every single thing that we normally do in morning time, but we're still doing it. And then we're we're still right. plotting through the Wingfeather saga. We're on the last book. So we do that at night. Um, Are you reading those aloud? Because I think they're on Audible also. So. No, we've done every one of them through Audible. How fun. Because then you yes. can knit or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, we do that in the evenings. To be honest, nature study and all that, they're outside and doing stuff all the time. I haven't done any of it this summer. Right. Um, because they're working in a garden. So they're actually observing real yeah, nature. I mean, they're just in it. We're on the river all the time. We're, I'm not as, you know, focused on the sitting at a table and drawing out the pictures. And But we'll get back into that. And, and that's one of the things that I think just as you get older in homeschooling, you kind of give yourself a break with this where it's not going to be this crazy season forever and you know it's going to calm down and we'll get back into what we're doing because I can remember in the beginning I would get so hard on myself and you know I'm such a loser we don't you know <laughs> it'll be okay so <laughs> which is nice like I love people like you and then Cindy Rollins people who really have been doing it so long you have that perspective and so then it's not a big deal if you have a bad school day. You know, you know, it's not right. going to mean that your kids can't succeed in life. I don't sit on the porch and cry and contemplate public school anymore, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> You know, you just know we, today was really summer. bad. <laughs> We're going to be driving out to Colorado for the Wild and Free Family Camp, which oh, I'm super so jealous. I know. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. And then a month later, 
we're going to Nashville, as are you, for the Wild and Free Conference, which I'm yes. so, so, so excited yes. about. Yes. So, so exciting. as you've been kind of thinking about it, but also thinking about your homeschool and your wedding planning and all this kind of thing for your family, what are some of the ideas or topic ideas that you were thinking about sharing with all of us? Because November was amazing. I took so many notes during your morning time speech in Wimberley. Oh, thank you. I'd be um, worth buying the bundles just to get that speech because it was so helpful. I, you know, I love reading books about ideas. So I'm reading um, The Abolition of Man right now. But when I talk to somebody about homeschooling or child training, I need practical, tell me how that fleshes out every day in your house. I really need somebody to kind of walk me through, not so much that I can just exactly follow what they're doing. I just need a visual of what does that look like instead of just the ideas. That's what I was trying to do with the Wimberley talk. And I'd really like to try to do something like that again in September. I, you know, I almost thought all of my mistakes, like, <laughs> right, right. and it's I still okay. Right. right. This is what I did wrong. Yeah. And it's still okay. <laughs> and we're still okay. Don't stress out over this stuff. And so I don't know, and just kind of really putting some, you know, some stories in with it and just some practical things that we've done to stay on track. And so I don't know, I'm still working on it's still a work in progress. I'm reading a, the Charlotte Mason of philosophy of education. She's talking about how this utilitarian philosophy came into the schools and she the, her, she wrote what, 100 years ago, at least? Mm, yeah. She's talking about how this utilitarian philosophy came into the schools that only valued academic and physical performance. And really, just what it's done to, she was saying, the moral fiber of the country. Mm. And that was 100-something years ago in England, right? Right. So it is interesting how imbalanced the school system is, and then it makes us feel like we have to be that imbalanced as well. And we kind of take the world upon our shoulders with all of this. It really is just laying the feast for them. It's putting all of this in front of them and giving them the time to be able to relate to all of it. As I've been reading um, The Abolition of Man, but he said, the aim of education is making the pupil like and dislike that which he ought. You know, I just thought that was so good that as we're reading, we're talking about the things, you know, what do you think about this? Is this good? Is this bad? Is this, you know, it's, we get so hung up on all the things that really aren't that important. And really it's all these ideas and things that we should be you know, having the time to discuss and finding out how much they care about these different things. And so let me ask you a question. You went to your first Wild and Free Conference. It was actually the very first Wild and Free Conference. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, going to that conference and probably not having met that many of those ladies in person. Uh, none. I don't think none? I've met okay. anybody. So I, I know that a lot of mamas are gearing up to head out to the Wild and Free Conference. And probably some of them are feeling even a little bit nervous about going mm. and not having met anyone in advance. Yeah. What would you say to those mamas? Uh, there's nothing like this. You know, I'm going to be so honest here. I tell my kids that about every 10 years, I go to a homeschool mom meeting just to remind myself why I don't go to homeschool moms meetings. Um, <laughs> just It's not my gig. I've never been a conference person. I've never been, I don't go to retreats or any of that kind of thing. I don't go to moms meetings. I don't, I just have never, you know, if I have a night off, I just want to go like have fun with my friends or my husband or something. But this is completely different. It just is such a unique community and it's not cliquish at all. 
So when you go, it's just all these mamas who want to, you know, just share ideas and get to know one another. And everybody's just kind of, you know, we're on a little vacation. And there's not even like a spirit of, you know, how when you're with women, sometimes it feels almost um, competitive or... Right. That was the word in my head. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just doesn't feel that way at all. The first couple ones thought I might feel that way. And, you know, like I would be intimidated. You know, I just remember when Jody came and sat down next to me, Jody Mockaby one time, and, and she had all of her notebooks that her kids had drawn in. And I just remember sitting there and looking at them, admiring them and thinking, this is such a great idea. I want to incorporate this. But it didn't feel showy or braggy. It was just like, hey, this is kind of what we're doing and you could see what other people were doing and talking about and it was just this great wealth of ideas without competition or condemnation or I've never been to anything like it it's the only conference or retreat or any it's the only thing I do definitely Um, there's such a unique and warm and loving spirit about it that yeah pretty incomparable (laughs) yeah I'm so excited to see you in just a couple months I can't believe how fast the time is going I'll be um just looking forward to hearing more about the rest of your summer yes this is it'll it'll be so much fun thanks so much terry we're hosting our wild and free family camp yet again this august at trail west lodge in colorado we have just a few spots left and we'd love for you to join us learn more at bewildandfree.org slash family camp well that's all the time we have for today but join us again next week for the wild and free podcast